I want to tell you a story. The story about my day today. In the morning, I went to the hospital with my grandpa to replace his bandage over his thumb since he was admitted, I think about a month or two months ago. He had a dangerous virus and they had to operate him. And initially, they gave him something called Medi-Honey, which is an antibacterial sterile honey to keep that wound clear of any bacteria, any infection. And he has been using that. You know, it's a pretty cheap resource, pretty cheap solution. Didn't cost too much. And he bought a bunch of it because, well, they told him every three days you have to replace it. Now, last time we came for the checkup, they gave him something new. They gave him this thing called copper bandage. It's a bandage made of copper that he puts around his thumb. And that only has to be replaced every five to seven days. So, you know, it's less hustle, less effort, less visited to the nurse. So he took it and they gave him some extras, you know, for the days to come. So he put it and then he went to the nurse. He changed it a couple of times. And initially, eventually, he went out of it, right? They only gave him so much. So today we went for another checkup and the doctor said, well, keep putting those couple bandages on and come see me in a month and a half. Now we went to the nurse to get it bandaged. And the nurse said, well, we don't have any extras to give you this time, but uh, you can call the manufacturer, the distributor, and order some for yourself. It's a pretty new solution. It's only been in the market for, for about a year. So you can't get it at the pharmacies. You'll have to contact them directly. And I asked her, since we already have the honey at home, can you use the honey? She said, yes, the honey will also be fine. It's also a good solution. You can use the honey. So we went outside to the car and we called the distributor. And I told my grandpa, well, why don't we use the honey? You know, you already have the honey. You bought it last time. Why not use it while you have it? You know, it's going to go bad anyway. It's going to expire if you don't use it. But we called them and lo and behold, it costs 350 shekels for a pack of those bandages, which would equivalent about 100, $110, something like that, give or take. 110 bucks for some bandages. Now, given it should last him for about a month and a half, you know, he only puts a small piece every five to seven days. Yet, it cost him uh, 110 bucks that he would have otherwise saved if he would have chosen to use the honey that he already possessed. And I asked him, I told him, Grandpa, there's something I don't understand. You're a logical man. You are a rational man. In anything that has to do with life, fixing things, you always think so rationally. You do what makes sense. You're not illogical. You're not emotional. You're very solid, very stable in your work. And yet, here the doctor tells you something. He, te he, he recommends the copper bandage just because it was available, because that is what you had on your finger for no specific reasons. And yet you're willing to jump through the loops to get that bandage and pay 350 shekels. Even though you already have the honey and the nurse said that the honey is fine. But because the doctor said so, you're willing to jump through hoops and do exactly what he said. I said, how come is it that when the doctor, someone you don't even know, you only met him a couple times in your life, he saw you for about two minutes each time. You don't even know his name. You just know he has a doctor in front of his name. 
and yet you're willing to jump through hoops to do exactly what you say and pay extra money that you didn't need to spend. And yet, when I tell you something, when I tell you how to heal your soul, your dying soul, how to heal your consciousness, how to revive your spirit, how to not die in the desert and go to hell, when I tell you that you are driving a dead end lane and you are about to crash, die and burn, and I tell you, move to the other lane and you will live, drive in the other lane and you can go on forever and you do not listen. You're willing to listen to a doctor you know nothing about, met him for about four minutes in your life, you don't know his qualifications, you don't know what his agenda is, you don't know if he was even paying attention to you, actually examining you with, with careful consideration or just went on instincts to do, oh, you have this, well, just keep doing that which that is what he did, by the way, I was there. And yet he take his advice immediately, but he does not listen to me. And I told him, that doesn't make sense, does it? And he said, well, uh, actually, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. See, I, I threw him off because grandpa, you know, some people are just illogical. I told him some people, I tell them two plus two is four, they say no. Those people I don't even talk to. But grandpa is relatively rational. I tell him two plus two is four, he agrees with me. He's like, yep. So if you're such a rational, logical man, that should make sense to you. That's what I told him. And like I said, it threw him off because he was not expecting it. See, that's how most of you are. You think you are logical. You think you are rational. But when the push comes to shove, when the rubber meets the road, logic and ration just goes out the window. And you don't think in a way that makes sense because the truth is you do not want to face the truth because it is not a matter of, of logic. It is not a matter of ration. It is a matter of rebellion. And that is it. Straightforward rebellion has nothing to do with science, has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with your time and your opinions and your religion. No, it's just a matter of rebellion. And I told him, we just read Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah rebukes the people and they all repent. Talking about how they haven't celebrated Sukkot since the first generation went into the land with Yahushua bin Nun after Moshe, 40 years in the desert. They never celebrated Sukkot, all these generations of Israelites. And they all rebelled against God, of course, as you know the history, the book of Judges. Kept rebelling and rebelling and rebelling. In the time of Nehemiah, they had enough sense to repent. But not this time around. See, the Torah, unlike that copper solution that has been administered to the market a year ago, the Torah has been around for thousands of years and have a proven history through the history of the people of Israel. Proven facts, proven science. The creation is proven by science. Not disproven by science, as the atheist would like to say and lie to you. It's a lie. Science does not support evolution. You want to know why? I'll just give you one fact. Just one. You don't need more than that. The moon. They claim the moon exists for 4.5 billion years. That's what they say. Now, here's, a, here's some facts for you. The moon dwells in a distance of approximately 360,000 to 400,000 kilometers from the earth. Because, you know, it changes with seasons. Okay? That's the distance of the moon from the earth. Now, since NASA put up reflectors on the moon when they were there in 1969, they noticed that consistently the moon has been drifting away from the earth 
at an average distance of 3.8 centimeters a year. Now catch this, 3.8 centimeters a year, an average distance of 380,000 kilometers, simple math. A hundred thousand years ago, the moon would have been where the earth is. Do, Yeah, there goes your atheist theory. Impossible. The moon could not have been there 4.5 billion years ago. A hundred thousand years ago, it would have been exactly where the earth is, meaning the moon has been there for less than a hundred thousand years. The earth has only been there less than 6,000 years. God exists. It's not a matter of science. It's a matter of rebellion. See, the children of Israel who went through the desert, wanted to go back to Egypt, didn't want to listen to God. They did not claim, they didn't go, well, we don't believe in God. We believe in the Big Bang. They didn't do that mess. They were just rebellious. They knew God. They saw the miracles. They saw the splitting of the Red Sea. They received the manna from heaven. And they were just rebellious. And so are you. See, when it comes to doctors, they tell you to buy something, you buy it. When it comes to women at the bar, they tell you to buy them drinks, you buy it. When it comes to women outside of the bar, they tell you to buy them a house, you buy it. They tell them to buy them a car, you buy it. Buy me some dress, buy me this, buy me this, and you buy it. You go to the drug dealer, they say, buy this, buy this, and you buy it. You go to your bookie, they tell you to put this on a horse, you buy it. They tell you to go and gamble and go to Vegas, get these fancy hotels, the boys going out to Coachella first, Lollapalooza, you buy it. When a man of God comes and say, will you support my ministry so I can reach more people, so I can save more souls, so I can do more and spread the gospel, help more people find the Lord. You say, well, uh, let me see if I got some spare change for you. And then you probably, in all truth, turn around and run away. There is no ration. There is no logic. You're just evil. You just hate God and you are rebellious. What else can you say? It is not rooted in science. It is not rooted in fact. It is not rooted in truth. It is rooted in rebellion. And no amount of truth will ever get you to get that. There is nothing that can help you understand except if you circumcise your uncircumcised hearts. I told grandpa, I told him straight up, I said, listen, grandpa, when you were eight days old, you got a circumcision of the flesh. But now you are 85 years old and you still haven't had the circumcision of your heart. Huh. He didn't like that, but I don't care. See, it's, it's simple rebellion. And what can you do with rebellious people? But throw them to the fiery pit, which is hell. Because they don't listen. God wants people to listen. I told grandpa too. A good point. I told him. You know, the universe consists of hundreds of billions of galaxies, of which each one consists of hundreds of billions of stars. And yet, you barely see any accidents, if any. And I told him, how many cars do we have on the road today? About a million? And I said, out of those millions, how many accidents? At least four or five. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. But I told him, well, that is the evidence by itself. See, the universe obeys. The universe is in order. It's only the human beings that are out of order because we have free will. So we choose to rebel. Why? Because we want to. We want what we want. And the truth is, the fact of the matter is that every form of rebellious of rebellion is rooted in selfishness. Everything, every sin, every greed, every evil deed is rooted in selfishness. Let me say it again. Every evil thing 
is rooted in selfishness. Me, 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 me. I want what I want, when I want it, from whom I want it, how much I want it, and nobody will get in my way. That is the root of all evil, the love of money. Well, what is money? Me, 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 me. Give me more. You don't want to sleep with me? I'll rape you. You don't want to get out of my way? I'll kill you. You don't want to do this? I'll rip you. I'll steal you. I'll lie to you. I'll cheat you. Everything is about you. Selfishness. And you are all a bunch of selfish people. You don't care about me. You don't care about God. You don't care about anyone else but you. And that is the root of all evil. See, God is selfless love. Think about it. If there is a God, and there is, you're still alive, aren't you? He didn't kill you. See, if you go against the government, the first thing they do is seize your assets, freeze your bank accounts, take your passport so you can't escape. God doesn't do that. He doesn't hold your oxygen back just because you, you violated the Sabbath. He doesn't take away your, your food sources, your water. No, he lets you keep breathing, doesn't he? He lets you keep on going because that's how much he loves you. Beyond your imagination. But what do you do with that love? But ignore it, molest it, take advantage of it, mock it. Yeah, because you're selfish. You cannot deprive yourself of you and be of use to the king of kings. Be like an ant. Be like a bee in the hive and serve the king. Because you have free will and you choose to be rebellious. The bees do it. The ants do it, they follow, they live in harmony, they're synchronized, not you. You don't want to support the man of God. See, God told the priests, and he told the, the, the people of Israel, the tithes, the tithes and the offering, 10%, not a lot, not taxes, not 60%, not even 30, just 10, to acknowledge that everything comes from God, and to support the priests who do the spiritual work to support the people. See, what is more important, the flesh that is dying or your eternal soul? You're willing to buy something for hundreds of dollars just because the doctor said so, a doctor you don't even know. And yet you know that someone who is helping you, feeding you spiritually, guiding you on the right path, helping you transform so you can draw nearer to your maker, so you can have a better future in the world to come, and you don't even give him scrap. How evil are you? How selfish? But that is your choice. And for that, you will be judged. Oh yeah, God does not forget. The books are ever before him. And God's audit is coming soon. Brace yourself. It's God's tax season all over again. Your back, down on your knees, 
God has had enough. 